coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio in Woodstock, Georgia. This is Fearless Formula with Sharon Klein. And happy Fearless Formula Friday here at Business Radio X. I'm your host, Sharon Klein, and we talk about the ups and downs of the business world and offer words of wisdom for business success. Um, and today on the show, we have the director and owner of a video marketing company in Woodstock and Marietta called Mesmerize Media. Welcome, Jared Adams. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. Although you didn't tell me I had to bring wisdom. I'm not oh. sure how that's going <laughs> to... Just a, being a human a, makes a us high, wise. It's a, it's a high bar to set. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> well, I know you've been on the show previously with Stone mm-hmm. Payton. Um, so I appreciate you spending some time with me this afternoon. Of course. One of the things that's kind of cool about your company, not only is it down here in downtown Woodstock, but you had just mentioned before the show that you are going to be in Marietta. Tell me about this. So um, I started in this business about 20, almost 18 years ago, 2005. And I worked for a small production company for 12 years or so. And back in 2013, we found a really cool building in Marietta. And it was used to be a wood shop. It was really kind of a trashed out place but we so which is why we got a really good deal on it in the day and fixed it up and made it a really cool space it's 12,500 square feet studio we can build sets we do all kinds of stuff um continue to work for that company until about 2017 and then went the corporate route got a nice cushy corporate job that i was going to retire from and then uh two and a half years later uh me and 18 of my friends got laid off on the same day in 2020 uh somewhat covid related somewhat new leadership a combination of things so me and my uh, business partner decided, you know, if someone's going to tell us our jobs don't exist anymore, how about that? Let's, let's that be us and let's just go do what we know, what we know how to do. So we started uh, Mesmerized Media and we do everything, content creation, whether it's videos, photography, podcasts, whatever it is, we can figure out a way to do it. Um, and then, like you said, just just the way the world works in a weird way. Um here just a little, a little, a little over two years after we moved into Woodstock, um, I was able to um, buy out the old company because the the owner uh, retired. Or he's in on his way to retirement, so we worked out a deal, and now I'm uh, back to where I started and uh, taking it over. Life is funny that way. Yes, How you can have a plan and then it gets diverted. Yeah, I've been telling everyone this was my plan since 2005. It just took about 17 <laughs> turns in the middle that I would have never expected and uh, never thought it was going to actually come to fruition and. Here it is. So uh, we'll see what happens. So what are the services that you provide just so we can kind of um, get that Video in production, photography, uh, podcast, and anything else content. You know, we've, we do uh, training videos, um, social media videos. We've got, wow. We're pushing really big on the uh, kind of micro content, you know, 30 to 60 second Instagram reels, TikTok reels, all that stuff. Uh, basically, we're just storytellers. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of cool equipment to help me tell stories, but... If you come to me and, and we also, uh, Tim and I, my partner started a, a business partner, started a DJ. We've had a DJ company for a long time too. So there's not very much that we can't figure out. You know, there's some, people call us all the time and say, Hey, can you help us with this event? You know, we, we're, we, we're about halfway decent event planners too. You know, we'll, we'll we were just helping someone plan an event this morning. So, you know, we, we want to help people grow their business or, core is through video production but if if we can help you in any way we're going to help you so that's you you help with their communication needs yeah communications we just yeah we tell the story you know we 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 help your story get out to the world to the people that need to see it were you not i i did see that you were a dj um Mm -hmm. so 
it comes in so so handy for your job right now. <laughs> it does. But what is it like to, I mean, you, you're drawing kind of from all these other aspects of your mm-hmm. life that kind of make it perfect for your company, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it, Even voiceover, you were saying. Yeah, vo- do a little voiceover here and there. Um, it's it's just one of those things that it, I guess it just, I never really thought it came naturally, but I never really learned it. It's just, you know, I like to talk to people and I like to help people. And if you put a microphone in front of me, I don't get scared of it. So uh, uh, I can tell help you tell your story to the masses, whether it's, you know, one-on-one or to one to a couple thousand, you know, we can do it all. And um, I've always told, you know, probably could have made more money in a lot of other ways, but I've always had fun doing my job. And that's, there's something invaluable to that to me. It's a, um, I'll have a ton of great stories from what I've been doing, you know, I've, and I've been, you know, as a DJ, I've been a part of a ton of people's lives on their wedding days, birthday parties, company parties, you know, in the video world, we do a lot of work for charities and stuff. So I get to do a lot of interviews with, you know, organ donors and people that are really making a difference in the world. So it's, um, it's just, there's, there's never really been a night where I couldn't sleep at night knowing what I've done. Cause it's just, it's a, uh, it's, uh, it's fun. That's invaluable, isn't it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Do you feel like you're really plugged into the community because of, of all of the different media? You've oh yeah, inc- for, for sure. And, um, Tim's actually taken more of the driver's seat on that you know, over the last year or so. Um, it's funny. We do a lot of stuff in the Woodstock Business Club, Canton Business Club. Um, he's in a B&I group. And uh, I started, I found all those places because I love community stuff. And I started going to them and then kind of passed the torch and let him run with it. He's really, really good with people and groups because he's a DJ too. And uh, it's the same. We're very, we're very similar in a lot of ways. Uh, I'm a little more behind the scenes, but function well in front of the scenes too. He's he functions way better out there in the world, and you know people people tend to love him for a while. So it's a, I, I kind of let him I wind him up and let him go to all <laughs> those things. Um, but I you know I, I miss it because we've been so busy lately, which is a great thing. But it's taken me a little bit away from the community stuff. But we're, we we try to be tied in as much as we can. So. And now you'll be tied into Marietta potentially. Absolutely, that's, that's the, exciting. That's the plan. Yeah. So it's always exciting to see growth, don't you think? Oh yeah, it's uh, exciting, it's scary, affirming. Yeah. That you're in the right yeah. business. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And it's funny because everything we've done since the day we got laid off, it we weren't ready for. Mm-hmm. And I tell people that all the time. Like we decided to start the business. Like I wasn't ready to start a business. We didn't really have enough capital. We didn't really have enough clients. We had not. We should not have started this business. But it worked. And then six or eight months later, we we had we were having a conversation with someone about something totally different about building a film studio in Canton or something like that. And we were on our way to a meeting with this guy and Tim drove by this building in Woodstock. And it's like, they were like literally putting the four rent side up in the window. And we were like, and it was a, it was a way that he doesn't usually go. Like it was a weird route that he had to take. Wow. So he was like, maybe we should call them, you know, called them. And we weren't ready to have a business, uh, an office, but it was an insanely good deal. It was a perfect deal. Perfect time. Just felt like a sign from whoever you want to believe in. And, <laughs> So we took on the office. We weren't quite ready, but then it worked itself out. It got us, a, you know, got us really tied into Woodstock and got us a few really good clients and allowed us to get to where we were. And even this most recent thing and buying this business, uh, buying my old business out, we weren't ready for it. It's way too big for us, but we made it work, you know. And um, so it's it's all uh, you talk about, you know, fears and all that stuff. It, yeah. It's it's a lot of fear and stress, but it's all so far. I'm going to knock on this nice wooden table we got here. It's it's all working itself out. So. Um, but that's huge. I mean, that's the the theme of the show, Fearless Formula. And yeah. I was saying before the show started how important um, it is for people to understand or at least be able to identify with someone who's had a fear mm-hmm. um, but has been able to work around it or come up with 
tips and tricks or yeah. or even even just throw caution to the wind and take a chance. I mean that <laughs> yeah. that kind of can be that way. Oh, like yeah. starting 100%. your business probably felt that way. Yeah, that starting a business and really this most recent acquisition because we did have to bring on another investor and it was it was some things that you know, uh I'm a bit of an overthinker when it comes to the the which probably is a good thing when it comes <laughs> to the big life decisions, but you know, we spent weeks going back and forth like, well, if we do this, we got to do this, this and this. And if we do but if we don't do this, we got to do this and how are we going to do it? And this, and it was a, it was, um, it was crazy, but at the end of the day, it just felt like the right thing to do. And it's like, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to be where we want to be in 10 years, we got to do something now. So let's do it. And it's cool because the relationship that you had with your former boss back mm-hmm. in 2013, obviously we were able to keep that relationship and, yep. and he came to you. Yeah. And it was funny because, um, uh, I'd, I'd been with him. We moved, I moved from South Florida I went to Florida for like two years, went to film school down there. And when he called me the very first time I was actually going back to waiting tables because a few of the other jobs I was doing wasn't really working out. And he called me and said, I've got a one week job. I just need a production assistant basically. And he said, but you know, there's some small potential of a job that can come after this, but really I just need you for a week. Um, you know, if you, there's some potential, you can make it work for something longer, but really just need for the week. I hung up the phone and I called the restaurant and said, I'm not coming back. I'm going to make this work. And that was what, 20 years ago. And, and, and it worked. And so that was uh, one of my favorite, you know, I guess you could call that a, a bit of a fearless moment mm-hmm. at the time. I thought it was pretty stupid, but um, it worked, it worked out and, and uh, it worked itself out. It's cool because you talk about Tim, your partner and the strengths that he has, mm-hmm. and then you have your strengths. Um, how important do you think that is in terms of, of success? Because I feel like I, I only have a certain wheelhouse that I'm, <laughs> good with. And so I imagine it's, it's wonderful to have someone around you that can, uh, offset. Like if you're an overthinker, yeah. like I am, I would love someone who's not, yeah, you know, it's, 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 that's a perfect, uh, perfect way to sum up how Tim and I work a lot is, um, I definitely would not be where I'm at today without Tim. I feel like I probably, you know, had we both late gotten laid off that same day, I probably would have just gone out and put my resume out there and got another corporate job. Um, you know, I always said I wanted to do what I'm doing now, and I, but I would have overthought myself into into not doing it. Uh, so he really pushed me in that way and got me to get out of my own way quite a bit. And <laughs> even even with taking over this business, it was you know it was it was a deal that was almost there, almost there, and then it kind of died off. And I was just okay. I was like, look, we're we're doing okay with what we're doing. It's fine we're going to make this work. And he had, he pulled a few other strings out of his, out of his back pocket somehow and found a way to make it work. And it's like, cool. And here we are. So, and then I also calm him down a lot too, where he's like, let's do these 17 things. It's like, <laughs> well, let's figure out this one first. And, but yeah, it's, it's a very good, you know, we're anybody that knows us usually think we're very similar and we are in a lot of ways, like in outwardly in crowds and in, in networking groups and all that. We're, we're both, Mostly uninhibited. We try to be fun. We're funny all the time. Mm-hmm. See, I almost said try to be, but I know we're funny. We're, we're <laughs> yeah. funny. We're funny. You all edited the, we're, yourself we're, on we the try fly. really hard to be funny all the time. We're just we're just people, people. Mm-hmm. Um, but when behind the scenes, I'm definitely more the overthinker and uh, analytical kind of guy. And I've got more more experience in the actual work that we do, the actual video production and script writing and voiceovers and all that stuff. And he's more of the uh, networking friendly. Everything we're going to make everything work for you kind of guy. So it's, it's definitely been a good partnership. So you went to the University of Tulsa. I did. How did you end up here in Woodstock? So 
right when I was graduate, I was I played hockey in Oklahoma, which I know sounds silly because well, I didn't know they knew about hockey. Yeah, they did. They didn't. When I was a freshman in high school, it was the first year hockey even existed wow, in, in Oklahoma. Interesting. Um, and when I graduated, I was I had a marketing degree, and the Florida Panthers were hiring for it was an entry level ticket sales job. But you know, when you're just out of college, you want whatever and being a hockey player and enthusiast, I thought, well, the NHL, that would, that it doesn't get better than that. So I uh, ripped the bandaid off and I'm in my entire family lives in Tulsa. One, one in Oklahoma city, but everybody lives within like three miles of each other. And here I am moving to Florida. That took a lot of faith. And it did. And uh, while I was in Florida was the strike year for the NHL, if anybody remembers back then. So my job was to sell tickets to nothing, which was very strange. And mostly people trying to get their money back and the company wouldn't let us give their money back. It was just a terrible situation all around. So I almost tucked tail and moved back to Oklahoma. But um, one of the people I knew from University of Tulsa worked for uh, Hilti Tools. And they had a job opening in Florida, which was there. So I took that for a minute. And then while I was down there, I went to film school. And it was just a little six-month kind of write, shoot, direct, edit your own short film. Fell in love. I was already in love with it because in college, I was the guy that always did the presentations. Mm. I let all the smart kids do all the smart kid stuff, and then I made it look really nice, and that got me through. <laughs> and um, so I always had a passion for it. And then when I found the film school down there, I just I went to there, and the guy I ended up working for, he called the film school director and said, "Hey, I need a guy." So they recommended you me. You were so, the guy. Yeah. So I ended up, and then and when I was that a company was based out of West Palm Beach, Florida. I was only working there maybe two months. And he called me and he said, hey, you know, me and my wife decided to move to Atlanta because that's where my wife's from. And I was like, oh, great. Now I've quit all the other stuff. I'm going to have to start over. And But he brought me up here with him. We, I, I wow. literally lived in an RV with my boss for like, no way. For like a week or two. It sounds like a movie it's, or it, like a sitcom. Yeah, and it's funny because I don't even remember this stuff until I start talking about it. Yeah. I was like, oh, this, this is weird. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But live with my boss in an RV in an RV park in Marietta for probably a week or two. And then he had a an old family friend that had a house down on Northside Drive in Atlanta, so I lived with him there for I don't know three or four months probably before I you know kind of got my feet planted and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, it's weird. You know, I, I tend to forget about that <laughs> that few really weird six months of my life. But it was neat because you know, like I said, I'd only been working for him for like two months. He could have easily said, "Hey, sorry, I'm out. You know, me and my wife are out." You know, good luck to you. Yeah, who wants but, to live with their boss for, yeah, yeah, or well, or their employee? I should say. Yeah, it too. was. It was weird, but it worked out. So here we are. <laughs> That's a small environment. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just having like a visual. <laughs> yeah. Like, how would I do yeah. that small? But still, how interesting your life has been. Yeah, it really has. You know, really where, has. You, see, yeah. Maybe, see, here's what we're going to do. We'll need to write a book about it. Oh. And you can do the voiceover. I would see? be happy you can, to. You can, read, you can read my life story. I like <laughs> you it. heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you were, you've been in the business since mm -hmm. 2005. Mm -hmm. What changes have you seen? So... Obviously, technology is, you know, that's the business that I'm in is technology. So when I, when I first started in this world, um, we made our biggest product was digital business, uh, CD business cards. Oh. So you remember, you know, CDs, obviously. Yeah, I do. You could get miniature CDs. And if you ever saw those, yes. they were about, you know, miniature business card-ish size. <laughs> and we would go do um, marketing videos and, you know, company videos. They would put them on that CD put a little label on it. And instead of handing out a business card, you hand out this little CD. Oh. And it was a, um, so my boss at the time, he, he was a realtor and he had just put together one of those as a, a way to introduce himself. 
And every time someone got it, they were like, wow, this is really cool. And they didn't listen to anything he said about real estate because they were looking at his cool business card. So he said, well, there's my business. Interesting. So that's really how it got started. And then in this world, you meet the right kind of people. And um, I believe he started relatively small doing some odd jobs here and there. And we somehow got into the world of uh, country clubs. So we ended up doing kind of a day in the life of a member of a country club videos for probably 15 or 20 different country clubs down there. Really? And those, they paid really well. It was fun. Um, so that was kind of our niche for quite a while. Um, but you know, we, that was back before drones were really around. So that was, we would fly around in helicopters and do all the cool stuff. And once drones kind of became a thing, that business kind of went away, you know, uh, we still did some of the foot, the filming, but it got a lot cheaper for them to use, people with drones for, you know, 200 bucks a day instead of us with a helicopter for 7,500 bucks a day kind of thing. Wow. Um, so that was a big change. Um, we actually started down the path into the real estate. One of our biggest clients was, uh, I believe it was called Syntex Homes. We were, we had a whole strategy mapped out for probably two years worth of work. And that was in 2008. Oh gosh, we right were, at the we time. We were trying to, we were, <laughs> we had not heard from him for a minute and we were like, Hey, we're supposed to start shooting next month, blah, blah, blah. And he said, Oh, uh, we called, finally got a hold of the guy. And he said, well, yeah, tomorrow's my last day. Oh, we're shut down. So we had to completely reinvent. Have they come back to you? No, no. I mean, prob- market probably, back then? yeah, that was, oh. Um, but we had kind of moved on to other things and yeah. that was, so that was 08. So that was shortly after we had moved here and just started getting the a little, a few more like short films and some doing some stuff for uh, film school students and things like that. And um, really, but the biggest change honestly is technology because mm-hmm. you know, the, um, uh, I re-inherited a few cameras that we used to use. And when we bought this camera, it was the best, you know, it's what they filmed the Hobbit with all that kind of stuff. It was a, just the camera, nothing else was $50,000. I might be able to get five grand for it today. Like it's just not, it's still an amazing piece of gear. It's an amazing camera, all that stuff. But what I can shoot in my iPhone right here for the most part, for what we do in the business world, you can't tell it apart. I can, cause I know how it were. I know what it all looks like, but if you're, let's just say Alma coffee, I'm looking at the Alma coffee side. If you're Alma coffee and you need someone to come do a, um, commercial for you, the gear that is used is not near as important as the story you tell. So, but back in the day, the, our marketing spend was always, Hey, we're using the highest in mm-hmm. gear. It's going to look the best it can look. People cared about that more. Now you see so many selfie videos and so many in, in the phones just, I mean, and again, the, the bigger iPhones are $1,500 phones, so they should be pretty good, but mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can shoot, I can shoot an entire commercial on a phone and it'll look awesome. So it's, that's the biggest change is technology. You know, and we still use better gear than that just because there's lots of reasons to do it on our end too. But realistically, when people are watching it, they don't know if you shot it on a phone or a red or a mm-hmm. whatever you name your high price camera. It's, it's just not necessary. So, well, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Jared Adams of Mesmerize Media. Hello. Do you find, oh, hello. <laughs> do you find that, um, you are more apt to bring your phone and just use that for different kinds of, um, I do. And I don't, I try really hard not to on a, mostly just, you know, cause you know, we're not cheap. <laughs> we're not the cheap guys. We're definitely far from the most expensive guys out there, but we're not, we're not cheap. So I never want my clients to feel like I cheaped out on them. I thought you were just using your personal phone. And <laughs> yeah. just like- oh, cool. I showed up with nothing. Here's my phone. You know? <laughs> so, uh, I want to make sure my clients are getting what they need. But at the same time, there's, there has been, I was just doing a, a job last weekend where we were doing interviews 
with my nice camera set up and I needed to go catch something real fast because it was happening and I didn't have time to reset up and change all the configuration, but I pulled my phone out and I got some amazing footage because, you know, and you still have to, you know, I know the right angles to use and I know the techniques and all that, but it's amazing to have that in your, in my pocket, which is great. So yeah, but I would never show up with just my phone, (laughs) but I also, and I also have some gear that makes your phone even better. You know, Mm -hmm. certain apps you can use and I've got some, you know, camera gimbals and, um, very specific film gear to put your phone into that turns it into a better camera. But yeah, it's, I have I, used it plenty. I used to um, produce some stories for CNN and I have um, like a DSLR camera, mm-hmm. but the lenses were everything. Oh yeah. I tell people all the time, if you have whatever your budget is, spend most of it on the lens. Because if you have a $50,000 camera and a $200 lens, you have a $200 image. If you have a $200 camera and a $2,500 lens, you probably got a $2,500 image. It's, it's, you know, they all play well together, but yeah, the lenses, um, we used to actually used to run a little film school, um, for a little bit. And we had a student come in. He said, I've got a hundred thousand dollars to make a movie. I'm going to go buy a red, which is the camera. Like, you're going to spend half of your entire budget on just the camera. Then you're not leaving any room for lenses, audio, all that other stuff. And the lenses are more important, you know, just, yeah, the lenses I shoot with right now, I think each each lens is close to four or five thousand bucks just for the one lens, which is crazy and silly to even say that out loud. But um, but when you look at the difference, oh yeah, it's and, amazing. Yeah, and how I can put I can put that lens on every camera I have, ranging from you know a fifteen hundred dollar camera to a forty thousand dollar camera, and it looks pretty darn close to the same because you're using the nice lens. So um, very interesting. Yeah. So how important do you find? video content these days like obviously with we've got tiktok we've got all the different social medias right i'm obviously biased because i want everyone to have video for everything that they do but (laughs) it really is i mean we're a video driven world it just Mm -hmm. um in audio obviously now with podcasts and you know what we're doing right here radio there's uh, you know uh, there's there's we're just a content consuming society i mean i i hate it because i always get onto my daughters and I'm like, Hey, get off your phone. And as I'm on my phone, you know, it's like, we're all addicted to them. So the, um, video is insanely important. You know, used to, I would say, I've always used to say having a bad video is worse than having no video, but I'm not sure that's even true anymore. You got to have some kind of video content. Um, and I'm the, I'm not even that great at our own, our own stuff. Cause we're so busy with our clients. I haven't posted near enough of our own videos, but, um, you know, everybody, you know, you're not going to get, even if it's just a validate, that's the biggest thing. Like um, if you catch someone somewhere and they and they say, Oh, they seem pretty cool. I'm going to do business with them. Let me go check out their Instagram. Let me go check out their Facebook. They're going to go to your website or your socials to see if you're even doing anything. And then, and, and it, it helps you build a relationship without even knowing someone, you know, if I've done it, I've been a uh, victim to plenty of uh, Facebook targeting and where I see someone 10, 15, 20 times and they seem like an expert. I'm like, all right. And if I have that need, my brain immediately goes into that person. So I'm going to seek him back out. Mm-hmm. That's what we're pushing. I don't want to be salesy, but we do have a, like a micro content stuff, which is the TikTok reels and all mm-hmm. that. And we, we tell all of our clients don't do sales pitch. You're not pitching. You're helping people. You're adding value to someone's lives. That's what's going to sure make that. them stop and watch. That's the, that's the Alex Ramosi, all those guys, that's the, all those big guys. They're just adding value to your life. Mm-hmm. Not, Hey, come buy my stuff. Come buy my stuff. It's like, Hey, have you thought about this? Do this. And if you need help, call me, <laughs> you know, who's your ideal client? Everyone. <laughs> no, honestly, 
people that companies that are that understand that video is an investment and it should be part of their their marketing. Um, the you know your solopreneurs that are struggling to even stay afloat every day. I want to help them in the worst way, and we have started. We've got a few smaller business kind of packages that I want to really help, but realistically, we're not the right fit because again, it's not cheap, um, not expensive, but not cheap. I would hate to have someone invest in what we do. And it's usually what we do, especially on that level, it's more of a long game. So it's something that's going to take three, four, five, six months to really see any benefit from. And if they're hanging on, if someone's hanging on by a string, they're going to get mad at you and blah, blah, blah. So realistically an ideal client for us is the medium, small to medium businesses. Um, But we do work for Fortune 500 companies too. We've got, just got off a really good call and we're doing a project with Home Depot. Um, I'll be in Hitachi on Monday. We're doing some big, big name stuff too. But so somewhere in the middle, you know, I, I want to help people tell their story, but I don't want to make anybody mad because they spent too much money with me. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd, I've, I've turned, I've turned plenty of people down where they mm-hmm. say, we really want to do it. And I think we can come up with this. I'm like, and I don't want you to come up with it. If you're having to really pull it together, you know, when I throw out a number like three or four grand a month for a while, if your head explodes, I don't want you to, I don't want, even if you can come up with it, I don't want you to spend it with me because it's never going to be a good relationship. It's the people that understand marketing is a big deal. And, you know, there's so much data out there in the world that says that it's the right thing to do. But, you know, even us, we're a small business. And someone came to me and said, you owe me five grand a month. I'm like, you know, right this very second, that might be a little tricky. So I get, you know, so I know I understand it. And um, so in, in the, in the growth part we're we're really more the established, or people that have some good capital in the beginning. So, what form of advertising do you feel like is just dying? Is not necessary at all to to um, invest in. <laughs> I have some friends in the space, so I hate to even say it. For me personally, for you personally, for me personally, I don't feel like print magazines are the way to go. Now, I know there's some industries where it still works. Obviously, the magazines and all that, they're all still around. Mm-hmm. So it has to be working Especially for somebody. Especially like local ones. Yeah, it has to be working for somebody. I personally, that I can remember in my entire life, have never read anything in a magazine and then called that person. I just, mm-hmm. it's not. And I get part of its branding. You know, I may, maybe I've done it and just subliminally didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. But um, so I got, but the caveat of that also, if if I was running a print advertising company, I would also offer some social media stuff. Hey, get in our magazine and we'll also post on social. That's probably a thing uh, that could be advantageous. But, um, but realistically, if it works, I'm not going to, if it's working for you, it's working for you. Um, Obviously I I speak video better than anything. So Mm -hmm. I want everyone to go to video, but you know, uh, even if it's as simple as getting a sign spinner out, you know, if, if it were, if it's bringing people in, then just, it's worth just, it. just do it. That's, mm-hmm. that's, I try really hard not to shut anything down overall. You know, I know what I, I know what works for me and my company and I, th- what I think will work for most of my clients. But if you want to, you know, throw something at the wall, if it sticks, it sticks. I'm, you know, more power to you. <laughs> well, that's good to know because a lot of businesses that we have a lot of, you know, small yeah. businesses here in Woodstock who oh, may yeah. not think that it's, that vital to um, invest in something as sophisticated yeah. sounding as like a real video. Yeah. But- and we do like, you, and like I said, we do a lot of weird stuff like events and all that stuff too. And there's plenty of times where we actually have a little um, networking event that we've put on a little cigar and bourbon night. Mm-hmm, I've been to it. And I thought you had, mm-hmm. and uh, 
you know, we had a few sponsors the last couple of times and, you know, that is technically advertising. That's, sure. and it was, um, best I can tell, you know, they keep clamoring for, to come back. So I'm like, yeah, you know, it got them in front of a group that they wouldn't have been in front of, you know, there's a, um, I'm sure plenty of your listeners, I'm not sure if you do, but like Grant Cardone, the whole 10 X thing. Um, you know, there's, I went to his growth conference, I think last year. And one of the main guys that was talking was talking about getting on other people's stages. So, Whatever that means, you know, someone stages that magazine, someone stages our little cigar and bourbon night or this, this right here, this, this right is, here. it's one of them, you know, uh, you know, I was probably, you know, I have plenty of stuff I should be doing back in my office, but I was like, no, that's another stage I can be on. I need to be on it. You know, whether if, if, if one person hears something and thinks it's cool, if nobody does, if a hundred people hear it and think it's cool, I, it's, it's another time to talk and just get out there and be on someone else's stage. You know, you're cool, Derek. You're cool, Derek. <laughs> I have a quick question about um, some surprises that you've kind of Mm -hmm. learned along the way or experienced along the way, because you kind of, like you said, you weren't ready to get into this industry. So what are some surprises that you encountered? So just the, honestly, the day to day stuff, you know, because obviously I was always, I was worked for this other guy and there's plenty of times where I was like, wow, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we should do this? This, if we do this, it'll work. And now that I own it, I get it a lot more. There's a lot of things where I'm like, oh yeah, it'd be great to go do that, but that's a couple thousand dollars. And where's that coming from? That's going to come out of my pocket now. That's different. Um, that and it's a financial pressure. Yeah, financial right. pressure. The the amount that you can get done in a day, and the you know amount that just amount of stuff that's on your brain constantly. You know, I will never complain about what I do because I absolutely love what I do, and I love that I'm doing it as stressful as it is but there's my brain doesn't turn off, which is probably good, probably bad. I don't know, but uh, it's it's a little surprising in that even when I'm doing something like watching Yellowstone for three hours, I've been wanting to catch up on that one. We've been binging it. We're going to just finish season two, but you know, even when you're doing that, like somewhere in my brain is going on. Oh, did I email that person back? Did I do that? Did I, I Oh, I forgot. I was supposed to call someone today and, you know, when it was, when you're in a big giant corporation, not that big a deal because the wheel, the wheel keeps turning. But, you know, if I miss a phone call, I might miss out on half a year's worth of revenue, you know, if I, if I don't respond to an email, right. So it's just the, we talk about that too here um, with the guests on, on fearless formula. How do you balance it? How do you shut, how do you make your time at home and mm-hmm. family time priority when you are the owner? And and you don't want to miss the yeah, fifty thousand so, dollar call that yeah, could be coming. So I think I think how is an interesting question because I don't know that you could ever truly tell someone else how to do that. I personally just I probably don't realistically. <laughs> <laughs> I like um, the honesty though. Yeah, no, That's what I mean, this is all I, about. I try really hard to like if I'm at home with my kids or if it, even if it's just me and my wife. I try really hard to keep my phone off. Or at least on silent, where if, if I'm going to check it, it's on, I know I'm in the right headspace to check it. Um, That's smart. But there's plenty of times, especially we are still new. I mean, we're technically, we're three years, not even three years old as a company, as this business. So, you know, they always say that kind of three years is that threshold of whether or not it's a real thing or not. Um, oh. I feel like I've kind of passed that point. Where yeah, you're growing. It's as real as it's going to be. <laughs> it's a, I've, I've signed a few pieces of paper that say I got to go at least another five. So, um, you know, so, but yeah, I am still a little bit tied to it where, you know, and occasionally in our, in our world, not very often since we do more corporate stuff, but plenty of times people call me or email me at seven, eight at night. And you know, if it's, I, I try really hard to say, okay, if this is, if I answer this email tomorrow morning, will it make a difference? Is it going to make a difference? Yeah. And you know, 
Because there's also part of that where if you're always, always on, it could reek of a desperation a little bit. And they say, yeah, and I don't know. It depends on who the client is and all that. But that's a very good if, point. Yeah, because if 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 every time, I actually had this come up last week. If every time someone calls you and you're ready, well, does that mean you're not doing anything else for anybody else? And then they could think, you know, they could turn if they're a client that needs to come back, they can say, well, you're obviously not that busy. You know, give me a discount. You know, because you're going to keep my business. So. Me and Tim had that conversation last week about a client. We had someone. Oh, so psychological. We had kind of been working with him. We had a bit of a plan to film on, do something on Wednesday, but we had a conversation and we pushed it because of weather. So we made some other plans. And then we got a message that morning and said, Hey, we're shooting this afternoon. And I'm like, I mean, I probably could make it work, but then I got to push other stuff off. And, you know, who am I going to make mad today? You know, but, you know, you can't, you, we can't always be at your beck and call. Now, there's probably a price point where we can't be, but. For most of our clients, it's like it can't be that desperate. And realistically, in the world that we're in, I try to re- try to really put it in perspective. Like, it's been a long time now, but I remember even back when I was doing some similar stuff, the uh, girl I was dating a long time ago, she was a nurse. And even my ex-wife was a nurse. And it's like, hey, what'd you do at work today? Oh, I've made some pretty pictures for this company. What'd you do at work today? Oh, I saved three people's lives. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. You're not curing cancer. Yeah, while the, you're doing the picture this? that this company really wants to have done for this billboard, it can wait for tomorrow. It's not the you know, no one's getting fired or you're know, getting sick or hurt or anything like that for anything that I can ever do. But clients don't like to hear that sometimes. Correct. You yeah, know. they don't. They, they always want to be top priority. Yes. But I think if you, um, it's one thing we're working toward. Also, is setting a little more realistic boundaries with our clients in the beginning. Hey, we love you guys. You're definitely our clients, but you know there is a procedure here. You know, if you want something done, it's got to be done a certain way for all the right reasons, not just because we're lazy and don't want to do it, but you know, we want to make it. And and we try to be, we try to be there. all the time. We, we've, we've bailed a ton of people out of a, ba- a bunch of problems like that where they say, hey, can we shoot this afternoon? It's like, you know, you're lucky enough. Yes, we can. Mm-hmm. But at some point you got to, it's like setting a tone yeah. and an expectation. Yeah. And again, you don't want to seem desperate. <laughs> like, well, every time I call him, he's doing nothing and waiting on me. It's like, is he doing anything else? I can probably get him cheaper, you know? So I want to try to be cognizant of some of that stuff. Would you say that you've had um, a, a sort of a, a hard lesson that you learned through a mistake? Because, you know, fearing yeah. making a mistake, fearing making a mistake stops mm-hmm. people from doing a lot of things, including myself. Yeah. So in, in this, I'm going to give any real numbers, but in this acquisition of this business, I made, we have made, we made the mistake of spending some money that wasn't officially in yet that we thought was coming. It was a project that was going to shoot in November and it was all, everything had a deal. It was a deal. Everything, anybody said it was a deal that was happening. So we went and we, in in the initial investment that we had done on our first start of the company, we had racked up a little bit of, you know, kind of bad debt, credit card debt and stuff like that. So we were like, cool, this is perfect. We got a little cash flow. We're we're set. Let's go ahead and pay off all this debt because we're going to catch up next month. Blah blah blah. And then you know a week or two before we're supposed to shoot, I get an email that oh the project's not going to happen. <laughs> so no. we're back into some of that credit card stuff. Blah blah blah. And it's we're we're ahead of it now again. So it all worked out. But that was a massive kind of freak out moment to get that email. And it, it, the lesson is. It's a stupid, simple lesson. No, it's an everyone, important lesson. Everyone should know this lesson. Don't spend money you don't have. That was, uh, you know, or, yeah, it's like, you know, you don't, don't do anything unless the money's already in the bank or at least the contract signed, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And this particular client, they don't really do contracts and they're much bigger than us. So we are okay with that, but we've learned to not, uh, 
not count your chickens before they're hatched, if you will. Do you feel like you have to be an advocate for yourself with the bigger companies that way? And then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I would defer, I think, well, they know what they're doing right. and it's their deal. <laughs> it's funny. I just said this a week or two ago. I always feel like those bigger companies, because they're bigger companies, they've got their stuff together. They know yeah. what they're doing. It's not the case. <laughs> it's just not because a having that, the two or three year run I had at the corporate job, we were, no one knew what they were doing half the time. And we were making it up as we went, just like we are. They just, it, so you just happen to have more money in the bank because they're, you know, a billion dollar company or whatever. But, you know, like we do a lot of um, like training videos and stuff. And I'm always of the mind where, well, they've already got, they've surely they have a system in place. They just need us to come help and we'll get into it. And they're like, they've never done any training. They have no <laughs> idea how to train anyone. Oh, wow. They need us more than we think they do or more than I even thought they did. Yeah. Um, there was something else, just something that literally just happened like two weeks ago that I, I came back and I was like, how do they not have that? Like, how is that not a thing in this multi-million, multi-billion dollar company? Like, how do they not have this simple process in place? I can't wrap my brain around what it was, but, but yeah, so it's, it, I do think about that a lot and it's like, okay, we're all just out here winging it. Just some, you know, unfortunately now I'm, if we do something wrong at our company, I'm the one that's really, it's really really fighting it. But you know, um, my wife's company does, they, she works for an apartment complex and they, they're a really big family owned business, if you will. So there's a lot of things that they do that sometimes she'll tell me about. And I'm like, you don't have a process in place for that. Like, how could you not? That's business one oh one. It's mm-hmm. like, you guys have been in business for 70 years, but they, it's never came never up. Had and I'm to. like, cool. So yeah, it's not just, it's not just us. It's not just us small guys that struggle with that stuff. Well, no, I think I fake it till I make it. I oh, pretend yeah. I know what I'm oh, doing yeah. or I, I pretend yeah. that I'm someone who yeah. knows not myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a totally different person, yeah. but yeah, there's something about it yeah. that kind of makes me feel like if, if I make it look like I know what I'm mm-hmm. doing, well then maybe I sort of do a little bit. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But that pressure, we ran into that a lot. Um, especially with having the office in Woodstock and we, I can't tell you how many times people would say, man, like we're, we're just trying to get to your level. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, man, if you had any idea, trust me, you, you're there. I promise I promise you. Did you say that to them? Oh, or, yeah. oh I, no. Yeah, it's a few, well, a few of them. The the guys yeah. that were in our same yeah. space, they were like, man, I'm just really trying to get to where you are. And I was like, trust me, you're already there. You just, uh-huh. you haven't made, but, you know, but to your point, that probably means I do, we do know what we're doing as far from a branding standpoint. And we, and I tell people that all the time, I tell prospective clients, like, Y'all found us because you think we're the big guys and we can do that for your company too. <laughs> you know, what we do for what we have done for us to make you think we're big. It's what we do. It's branding. It's marketing and stuff like that. So you kind of advertise for yourself yeah, because of yeah, how well yeah, you're it's doing. Like, how did you find us? Yeah. Just well, that's what we trust. Trust that I'll make other people find you. <laughs> that's that's kind of perfect. Yeah. It kind of works out. So. Everybody wins. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, Jared, thank you for coming of on course. the show. I really appreciate it. Um, well, I, I don't know. I feel like it's already flew by. I didn't realize what, what time it was. Is it 40? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, look, look at that. that. <laughs> See, that's what happens right? in this studio. We yeah. get chit-chatting and it's really fun. I mean, yeah. I've had the best time doing the show. And oh, just, yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah. Getting to know people. And also, I really appreciate your words of wisdom for people. Thank you. As a parting word of wisdom, mm-hmm. what would you recommend for anyone who's interested in getting into your industry? Do you have some kind of tips and tricks that you could kind of give someone? Um use the internet there's if if you're just starting out um and i always i feel i gotta be careful because a i have a college degree and i loved it loved my entire college experience these days i feel like college is too expensive i'm sure that's a whole nother political (laughs) thing to talk about later but there's a ton of resources 
to help get into this world and you just got to do it. I mean, you know, I've uh, had a you know, kind of young kid that was working for me and he was trying all he wants to do is this. And he's like, I got to go to school and do all these other crazy classes. And I'm like, here's, I found a really nice website and here's how you can learn everything about this business. Takes a little bit of money, but a lot less than college and you can get into it and start making money right now. And I feel like it's going that way. Some just, you know, obviously I'm not that old, but my generation is different. You know, my kids right now, they're on their phones all the time. They know how to do stuff that, you know, now all the apps do it in 10 seconds that it took me, you know, three days to do before. So just, you know, you want to have, you don't want to be completely stuck to your phone all the time, but you know, when you're, when you're TikToking and Snapchatting and all that stuff, like realize people will pay you for that. <laughs> you know, there's, you know, don't just do it, learn how to do it and, and, and monetize your skills. The future's bright. Uh, it's, it is. But at the same time, you can't rely on technology only. You still have to build relationships. And you know, and really, that's all marketing is, is getting people to like something. So not only work on the technical skills, but work on the personal skills. Because I, I would not be anywhere near where I'm at today, not that I've made it by any means. But we're doing pretty darn good. And it's mostly because we're just good people. <laughs> you know, we know, how to, we know how to tell a pretty good story, but... It's just people can trust us because when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And that's the that would be my advice. That was a weird long answer to your what should have been a short answer question. But no. be, be, good, be a good person and learn your stuff. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's a really that's good my wisdom fearless, is, my that's, wisdom that's is fearless notes. formula. Yeah. That's yeah. your fearless formula. Yeah. Be, a good yeah, be good people, learn good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for listening to Fearless Formula on Business Radio X. And again, this is Sharon Klein reminding you that with knowledge and understanding, we can all have our own fearless formula. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.